Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Freedom International live stream. And uh, we are most excited, Roy, Jane, and hopefully Hartmut comes in and all the rest who are not with us. We welcome Kevin Jenkins. And Kevin is no stranger to us, nor he is a stranger to or our audience. Now, for those who doesn't know him, I think you really have just been living under the rock. Okay, and so it's about time to get out of the rock and expose yourself there. Truly, like, um, truly, like a kind of you know, see what's going on in the world, what's going on with you, and it may definitely stop blaming a lot of things, a lot of maybe institutions, but better yet, own it and start moving forward. So Kevin Jenkins, when we met him, you know, through our podcast, he's like one of those handful who just stepped up and started like talking about faith, freedom, and, uh, you know, faith, freedom, and family. And beyond that, he has that history of creating community development as being the CEO and founder of the Urban Global Health Alliance. And then suddenly he he also is a co-founder of the Freedom Travel Alliance. And then suddenly I know he's been traveling all over the States, you see? And then the, this recent one, that's why I wanted him to come is it's most important that someone's legacy, someone's dream, someone's mission needs not to stop because it's so important. And so he's heading the Zelenko Freedom Foundation. So I welcome Kevin and you know, he'll, you'll get to know him more as he shares to us. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you, Grace. Thank you everyone for having me. I appreciate it. It's good to see you again. I haven't seen a lot of you in a while. You know, I've been on the road, you know, beating myself up and making sure I fight every day to save humanity. It's some beautiful people. I got to tell you, this country is really a beautiful country, by the way. I try to tell people that. I mean, you know, when you turn on your TV, you see all this ugliness, but there's a lot of beautiful people in this country, a lot of courageous people in this country, a lot of people that are full of hope. And, you know, they're just trying to get up every day and figure out all of the chaos that's around them. And, I, you know, I have I try to give them the best advice I can give them, you know, see God's face and find your God consciousness, which will allow you to find your God courage. So. I think that uh, people in this country are starting to wake up to, you know, what's in front of them. And, you know, um, I'm just very hopeful and I'm prayerful that we continue to work together and podcasts like yours and all of your team members that have been working with you on this for the last couple of years. You've done this country a service by allowing people like me to come on and have a deeper conversation about what's happening in, in the world because it's happening all around the world. So I greatly appreciate it. And so there's another person whom for those again living under the rock may not know dr zelenko so how about kevin tell us about dr zelenko well you know it's really interesting well every i mean well it's really interesting the story about dr zelenko and myself is pretty interesting in itself we used to see each other a lot on the circuit you know when we were talking about faith family and freedom when we were talking about what was going on with the um, pandemic and going on with this COVID narrative and really trying to spread the truth like a mantra, which he's always talked about. He wanted us to spread the truth like a mantra, but I didn't know him as well as Ann Vanderstill, my co-chair of the Zlinko Foundation. Um, and I gotta tell you, I was pretty surprised 
when he reached out for me, his team reached out for me and wanted me to meet um, him in Florida with Ann to talk about the future of the Zelenko Freedom Foundation and what he thought um, the vision of the institution should be and why he chose both of us. And I, I was deeply, deeply, deeply honored when um, he asked me to be a part of it. Because in my lifetime, I've had the ability to run nonprofits and understand the formation of foundations because of my background in community economic development. But to take on a, a foundation like this that was built on the spirit of a man that demonstrated so much courage was just a great opportunity to build an institution that's focused on the truth, build, to insti build an institution that's focused on well care as opposed to sick care, build an institution that's talking about building future leaders for the in the 21st century through the Zelenko Fellows program that we're developing, um, incubating businesses, biotech companies, and new emerging companies in the healthcare field that's focused on healing the body as opposed to destroying the body, you know, focused on creating new education models where parents will have much more of a control and say over how they educate their, their children without being groomed and primed for something else that is absolutely evil. We can get into that later. And you know, when we talk about public policy and education and all those things, Dr. Zelenko really um, asked Ann and I to make sure that we, whatever we did with this foundation, not only to protect his legacy, but do the work that God had given us the opportunity to do by spreading the truth like a mantra and building an institution that's just not sustainable, but an institution that's built on you know, the value of what it means to be a human being, what it means to be a loving human being, what it means to be a sovereign human being, what it means to be a free human being. And I just got to tell you, it's one of the greatest opportunities of my lifetime to be able to build it. Now, I, I got to tell you this, everyone. I never wanted to run another institution a day in my life. I never wanted to run one. I've ran them all my life. They're not for the fainthearted. They're very, very tough. And, um, you know, it's not just like running a business. You have to deal with so many different things when you're building out a, a foundation and writing institutional science for the foundation and making sure that it's streamlined to accomplish all of the goals um, that we want to accomplish, you know? So it's very, very interesting for me to be back in this place, but it's very interesting for me to be doing what I'm doing in a sense that all my life I fought against things I believe that were wrong, but this is a fight. This is a completely different fight. This is a fight for all of humanity. I mean, seriously, I want people to really understand this. This is an organized effort to eviscerate mankind to control mankind, to enslave mankind, you know? And, and they're doing it, I mean, they were doing it effectively, but they didn't know that there were groups of people like us, you know, out there in the wilderness that were endowed by God when we were born for this particular moment, for this particular time. So, you know, I am very proud to be a part of the Zelenko Freedom Foundation. And we have some things that are going on in the next couple of weeks. Um, um, we're doing an event here in Tampa on the 29th honoring I think some of the greatest women of our time, and I can give you a little background on why we're honoring them, but um, Judy Mikovits, Barbara Lowe Fisher, Christiane Northrup, Sherry Tenpenny, um, Maureen McDonald, um, and our special guest for that evening is gonna be Carrie Madej. And we're gonna be honoring those women because when I was off my feet um, a couple of weeks relaxing, trying to you know, bring, come down after 350,000 miles and then moving to Florida, I started realizing that there's been a displacement. Um, I'm going to use the word displacement right now because that's popped in my head of the people that really sacrificed their lives for um, not only this movement, but for every child and every family in this country. And I didn't think that they were being acknowledged for all the work that they have done. 
And they were the ones out there telling us about all of the comorbidity issues that were behind the COVID narrative. They were out there talking about what the future impact of myocarditis and, you know, the graphene oxide. They were telling this us telling us this for years prior to all of the new people showing up. And I like I admire new people showing up, but let's not forget the work that those women have done and have continued to do. They sacrificed their lives. You know, some of them lost their spouses during this journey. Some of them have lost their families. Some of them have been arrested. Some of them been, have been vilified and destroyed. Some of them have lost their practice. And so these women need to be honored and respected, and we need to be telling their story every day. So on, on, on September the 29th, here in Tampa, we're doing this major event, and we're honoring them with the Rose Award. You know, Rosa, Rose Award. So it speaks to their courage. It speaks to all of the things that they've done for, you know, mankind. And I greatly appreciate that. You know, I come from strong parents, a strong father and mother, but I, I love powerful women. And these women have sacrificed themselves and they have put their bodies out in front, um, you know, to protect our children and to protect humanity. So on September the 29th, we're doing that. And then on November the 12th, we're having our big black tie gala where we're going to be giving out the first Zelenko Freedom Award of its kind. It's, um, it, it's, it's, it's bigger. This is going to be bigger than any award in the country because it's all going to be defined by sacrifice and love for humanity and the work you put in to fight for humanity. So it's going to be amazing. And you can go on our website, ZelenkoFreedomFoundation.org. You can purchase tickets for the 29th and you can purchase tickets for November the 12th. It's going to be a black tie affair at um, Miami Trump Doral. It is going to be amazing. The whole world's going to be there. Um, and it's just going to be super. And we're going to be remembering um, our friend and our hero, Dr. Zelenko. But we're also going to be passing the torch with the Zelenko Freedom Award um, at this Black Tie Gala. So if you all go online, you're going to want to be there. I got to tell you, it is going to be one amazing event. It's going to set the tone where we get to honor our people and get to honor our leaders and get to honor the truth seekers of their time and the, the human rights fighters of their time. And this award is, is going to be not the um, Nobel Peace Prize, but it's going to be better. Kevin, can they get the ticket from both for both events in this ztalkspeakerseries.com? Because I well, downloaded the no, image. You can get you can get the um the zfreedomtalks.com. You can get the tickets through there. But if you go online, you will you'll see all of the events and you can buy tickets in any of those queues. So yeah, but um zfreedom um um talks, you can get that. You can buy the tickets through there too. And they're going to, and I got to tell you, the 29th is going to sell out quick. And in November, is starting to sell out quick. So everybody needs to, you're going to want to be there. I mean, who's not going to be there to hear Christiane Northrop and Michael Vitz and all of those women have a personal conversation about who they are and what, why they did what they did. This is not about just COVID. This is about who they are as human beings and, you know, why they did what they did. I mean, the sacrifice it took for them to do what they were doing. And on, on November the 12th, that's going to be one of them, I think, one of the most important events because it's going to be honoring not only Zev and his legacy, but making sure we patch the torch, pass the torch to someone we think that brings value um, to the fight for humanity. Thank you so much. And uh, um, especially honoring all these women because we're also happy that we got a chance to really have them as our guest especially in the first year as well, basically. <laughs> All these women that you have, I'm looking at their pictures. Okay. 
Well, so, listen, I got to tell you, Grace, I got to tell you all of the work that your team has been doing. I remember the first time I was on your show, if I'm not mistaken. I think I was out of town, I, I believe, in California somewhere, I believe. And that was the first time I, I was on your show. I, I think it was. I don't know, because I've been on your show several times. But I knew then that that was a place to have a deep conversation. And, um, and, and I admire you and I admire all of you that have been doing this. And, and thank you for um, giving of your time and sacrificing the way that you've done. You know, we've put all our lives on the line. You know how they come after us. First, they try to humiliate you. Um, and if they can't humiliate you, they try to destroy you. And if they can't destroy you, they try to um, incarcerate you. And, you know, and I got to tell you, the world has risen to the occasion. And all of these demons, I call them, are trying to run and hide. But we can never let them do that. We have to stay, you know, vigilant. We have to make sure these people pay for the crime against humanity. This is the greatest crime ever. This organized crime is very, it runs very, very deep. And I think that the more we talk about it, the more we educate people about it, the better the world would be. And um, and just so you know, also that we never stop um, sharing even old interviews or the past because people are really hungry for information. And I'm in a new platform with Dr. Butar, and there sometimes you know old interviews. They said thousands of people are looking at it all over the world. So, oh wow! So thanks. So continue. We continue oh. now. Before, before I before I pass on to uh, Roy, how about can you just make a comment on this uh, new thing that just kind of just got passed and you know it's really questionable that uh, they granted that um, uh, student loan forgiveness. First of all, I don't know why why the word forgiveness. So what's to forgive? Oh, so anyway, please talk about that and thank you. And I'll, Roy will pick up from there. Well, you, you know, listen, this is nothing but another transfer of wealth. What you've seen in the last 20 years is one of the largest, you know, transfer of wealth in, in the, in the, on the planet. I mean, and what you just saw in the last two years with big pharma, big tech, you know, the, um, the, the big pharma industry, they have, I mean, they have taken trillions of dollars from Americans because of our government abandoning us. And now they're the wealthiest companies in the world, wealthiest individuals in the world. And, you know, this whole student loan forgiveness, you have to understand why this is so horrible. Because if you want to talk about student loan reform, I might be open to that discussion. But you have to understand Joe Biden and the Democrats and some Republicans, right, they actually put this in place, this law in place. To, it's like loan sharking, if you ask me, at 8% interest rate. And then you can't get out of the loan if you can't afford it. So I get it, right? But at the end of the day, this is not really going to resolve anything. I think everybody should be responsible for paying their, their student loans back. And this is nothing but another transfer of wealth. And guess who's going to get the benefit of this? Very rich people. Poor people are not going to get the benefit from this. So when I hear young students tell me, oh, he's reducing it by 10000 well, that's some, probably some of your interest you're going to still be responsible for paying this loan and i don't think it's fair for the worker that didn't go to college that's paying his bills every day or the nurse that went to um, nursing school that's paying her bills every day or you know the the, the guy that got his license to drive a truck you know uh, it should be paying for those student loans or those defaulted student loans or the grant per se because ten thousand dollars really is not that much but at the end of the day it's still a transfer of wealth to the wealthiest people on earth. Poor people will not benefit from this. 
Not at all. So I'm actually against it, literally. I'm against it. Look, I've sent my daughters to college, you know, and we're still paying for their student loans, but we've gotten them down and we're making her responsible for paying them. Now, we paid everything else, you know, and she didn't have all of the debt that average kids have, but we need to start making better choices about what we sign our names on. Even me as a young man, I've had to figure that out when I was younger. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I'm paying for it now, but we need to have a deeper conversation about what kind of education you should you you should take, you should give yourself. Because I'll give you an example. If someone tells me I'm going to now get a degree in art, I'm like, well, you might not be employable. If somebody's telling me they're going to get a degree in, um, they, I, I'm trying I'm to be a teacher. Well, I don't know. But the educational marketplace is changing so much. So we have to revamp, I think, what education looks like in this country so people can have real value when they get their degrees. Hi, Kevin. Hey. Uh, what I found strange regarding the students' loans, one, I think, to be honest, that the fees are way too much that, you know, because you're basically those that can't afford it, you're, you know, you're segregating them, which is what the main problem is in the world. But if you go through a bankruptcy, you can't put your student loan through that, which I found very strange, because I mean, if you've lost everything, you should give forgiveness to give somebody the, you know, the ability to start from scratch. Whereas that's like, they're constantly, you know, it's like the fear factor, you're in a, a lower vibration, you're depressed, because you're constantly thinking of your loan. So I think regarding the going through the bankruptcy, I find that a strange one. Well, you know, and listen, this government has been working against us for decades. I mean, uh, Joe Biden was a main um, um, supporter of squeezing, you know, these students and making sure that they pay their fees, no matter what their financial circumstances are. Some of these young men and women that graduated college never, you know, got the benefit of their college education because there was no, they had no marketable skills. They had no skills that would allow them to go out and build a business, would allow them to understand, you know, how to develop them. They just got a degree. We told our kids, go get a degree and the world will be different for you. And guess what? That's not true. You know, if I had a child now, I would probably give my child money to start a business as opposed to going to any of these colleges because they're not teaching you anything. I mean, literally nothing. I mean, so you're, you're spending a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. So your kid can go to Harvard. And when your kid comes out of Harvard, they're coming to ask me for a job. I mean, how does that work? You go to Princeton, but you're coming to me to ask me for a job. They learn no entrepreneurial skills. They learn nothing about real business development whatsoever. They got a degree and they were told that they were special because you went to Harvard, Princeton, and you went to all these other universities, but you don't really have any marketable skills besides you went to Harvard. And some of these students aren't even prepared to do anything. So I, I, feel, I feel for them. We need to really revamp our education system in this country. No, I'll take that back. We need to blow it up. It cannot be fixed. It cannot be fixed. It's Anybody actually working it the way that they've set it up. If you look at the education system, a lot of people say it's broken. It's working the way it was set up intentionally. Right. Yeah. And I know that you're aiming to try to create new leaders. So one, I'd like to know how you're going to do that. And two, how you can prevent the corruption that we see when money is involved with most organizations. Yeah, that was a, that's a good question. Um, one of the things um, Ann and I talked about earlier on, because we've seen what the World Health Organization has been doing, the World Economic Forum has been doing, and what um, some governments have been doing around the country. They've been priming our kids and, uh, and, and 
priming our children and our young children to work against us. So I find that very, very interesting. I've been paying attention to that. And they have now been developing leaders that are working in our government, that are working in all of these institutions, that are now plowing and getting up every day to eviscerate us because we have allowed them to be trained by those, peoples and those people in those universities and those um, secondary schools. I mean, we've done a piss poor job. And, you know, and I got to tell you, I'm frightened by what I'm seeing. And so when we talked about the Zelenko Fellows, we knew that we, we were going to have to develop a whole host of new leaders for this country and this world. So I thought that Zelenko, you know, Dr. Zelenko, 48-year-old man, he would have fit in that Zelenko Fellows program. And that we need to be developing those men and women um, for, for some, um, for, you know, for the rest of our lives, developing them so they can then take a role in government. They can take a role in these places where we believe they will bring huge value by not being brainwashed, but bringing information that might be a game changer for the world. So we believe leadership development is key. That is primary. And what was your With, second question? I apologize, Roy. How to prevent the corruption because once money is involved. Well, at the Zelenko Freedom Foundation, that's not going to be the case. Um, we're actually placing our fellows in various working environments where they can develop skills, marketable skills in the media space, in the education space, in the political space, in the healthcare space. So, you know, we're doing that now. As far as building new schools, you're absolutely right. I mean, we have to figure out how do we build those schools. But listen, two million to three million parents took their kids out of public schools this year. That is a staggering number. And what they're saying is we no longer want our kids in those factories of death. We no longer want our kids being groomed in ways that are opposite of our values as a family. Um, and I, I got to tell you, a lot of parents now are really taking their kids out of school and they're asking a lot of questions. When I was traveling um, for the last two years, I heard parents start to really question what was going on in those schools. And you know what happened when I went back to those states and those cities? They overturned their school boards. They overturned them. And it was like, no, you will not be teaching my kids. Now, we would have never known on a large scale what was happening in those schools up until the last two years. Maybe some of us might have individually knew it. But I got to tell you, parents now are saying, you've been teaching my kids this. You've been taking my parental rights away from me to do this. You've been, uh, I mean, parents are upset. They are very, very upset about this. And I'm so proud to see that they're taking action. Here in Florida, I think DeSantis won maybe six or seven reverse six or seven school boards that were focused on gender appropriation and CRT. And in one of the counties, um, Miami-Dade, which is very diverse, um, those parents stood up and took over their school board. So, you know, something magically is happening out there. And I've just seen a video recently, I think it's in Florida, is it polka or something? I'm not familiar with it, but there was a sheriff that was basically, they've arrested something like 650 people on trafficking. And it's something that we know is going on, but it's so nice to actually see a sheriff that's totally against this and is not alone the loopholes and making sure these people are behind bars. Yeah, I, I had to, I had the pleasure of um, um, hanging out for three months and 20 days with Sheriff Matt, and he taught me a lot about the importance of what a sheriff can do. And so if that sheriff is doing that, he's fulfilling his obligation, his constitutional when he took that oath to the Constitution, he's protecting the rights of those citizens. And I'm happy that he's protecting the rights of those families that are being harmed by trafficking and all of that. So I think every sheriff in this country should be taking that stance, you know? Absolutely. 
So, like, I mean, a lot of us have been shadow banned. I got kicked off YouTube. I think Grace has been kicked off recently. Uh, one of our fellow podcasters, they removed him from Anchor. Like, with what you're doing, obviously, you're being attacked and censors. Have you plans to try to, you know, get your message out? Or is it more just kind of like Telegram groups and things like this? <laughs> well, no, I, I actually I traveled 350,000 miles in the last two years. And um, I'm on a disinformation 12 list. So I'm one of the 12 that the government says that I'm an enemy of the state. And I, I actually um, give you misinformation. I'm responsible for 65% of the misinformation that you know, people are getting to make decisions about their lives. And I find that laughable. But you know, for me, I never thought about it that much, Roy. You know, because I understand when they do this, what this is about. That means we're over target. That means we're saying all the right things. But the thing that I, that concerned me the most was that Americans didn't understand that if we if we if they ever ever sanction um, citizenship in a legal way in this country, we would have we would lose America. We are losing America as we speak. But I think that censorship when they were censoring us, people started to ask questions about that. So for me personally, I never think about it because. Grace is my proxy. Jane is my proxy. Harmon is my proxy. I never think about it. I never gave it any thought. The only time I gave it thought was when my mother said, Kevin, I was on the way on a trip. She says, Kevin, they're talking about you at the White House. What did you do? <laughs> I said, wait a minute. What did I do? What, what do you mean? What did they do? And we, we kind of, my mother was, my mother's very smart. She understood it. She's like, I, I understand, Kevin. She says, but tell me, what's the background of this? I said, Ma, they said, I'm six, I, I'm a part of a group of 12 that um, puts out 65% of misinformation. And then she started talking about the news. You mean CNN, she said? You mean MSNBC? And she started laughing. She said, so you must be doing well, you know, for them to be talking about you at the White House. I, I said, Ma, the only thing they didn't have was a mugshot. And she couldn't stop laughing, you know, because we come from a family of fighters. We come from a family of people that understand what nation building is, understand the principles of education. I was blessed as a young man. So, you know, when I see this stuff, I, I, I automatically go back to history and found out, you know, I knew what they did to Malcolm. I knew what they did to Martin. I knew what they did to all of the great leaders of our time. I know what they did to Nelson Mandela. I know it. I know it. I know all of that history, you know, European, African and American history. So I've seen this and read about it and understand it. So I was not surprised. But what they did was remember, Roy, I don't know if you remember this, but Grace does. At the time when they put me in that list, I only had 300. Um, I think I might have had 300 Instagram friends, maybe. And I think at the time, Roy, I might have had maybe 3,000 Facebook friends and it took me 10 years to get. And it was like laughable. And so I then explained to people, I went to speak at, and, um, and I told the audience, I said, let me tell you why I'm on that list. And so everybody's quiet. I said, because I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to white people. I'm speaking to patriots. I'm speaking to Americans. I'm speaking to the country. And I'm telling them this is not about race. This is not about class. This is about power and control. This is about the further commoditization of the human body. This is about the largest transfer. So, you know, obviously, and you know, being black helped me, you know, get on that list. I loved it. I was like, you know, I had to, they had to put a black guy on that list. But I just thought it was very interesting because uh, when I was traveling around the country, I used to really make fun of it. And I actually know, Roy, what I used to do, Jane, is I used to make people raise their hands and I used to tell them, everybody in this audience, you're a terrorist. Now, never, never realizing I'm forecasting what the president of the United States was going to be saying to half of America, that we're all extremists because we don't believe in 
you know, that evil stuff that he believes in. I'm going to keep it clean on the show today. But so, so for me, I was saying to them, because we believe in faith, family, and freedom, and we believe in body sovereignty, and we believe in God, and we believe in country, and we believe in an American flag, and we don't believe in socialism, we don't believe in communism, we don't believe in hatred, we don't believe in segregation and bigotry, that now all of you are now terrorists. So now what does he do? He gets up there with this vendetta back, background and says that 75 million of you that are fighting against slavery are extremists. I mean, what does that tell you, Roy? We're in a very sick place in history right now, and it's up to us to save humanity. Absolutely. And just finally, before I pass it to Jane, you know, you mentioned sovereignty. Um, I mean, I've been through a lot of things. I've had over 100 court cases. I'm just fighting them the whole time. I please coming at me, everything. And what I'm learning is that I'm, you know, you've got the common law, you've got UCC and everything, the sovereignty. But I think it's kind of just claiming yourself to say you're not the corporate entity, the all capitals or the mister, and that you're the living soul. And by actually doing that, they're staying away from me. And I think there's more people need to actually learn the corruption that has been done around that. Well, well, my, my partner, Ann Vanderstill, is a national. And she's helping us to become nationals also. So we actually understand that. I'm, I'm very serious about that. I mean, by next year, hopefully, you know, I would probably have my my national status, national nationalist status also. And you're right. I, but, you know, think about this, Roy. We would not be having this conversation if this COVID thing didn't happen. Think about it. We would really not be talking about the World Health Organization and NIH, even though I knew about them and I knew what their role was. I knew it. But I mean, it's just me. All right. So it's a bunch of intellectual guys talk, and women around the table talking crap because we think we're smart. But now we've seen it activated in a big way. So NIH, you know, um, the FDA, the CDC, all these quasi institutions that we gave our power to, they need to be closed down. There is no room for them. They have been purchased. And guess what? We cannot listen to anything they tell us. Now they're coming out and saying we were wrong about everything. Well, that's a political position. See, that's political. We shouldn't be. No, you were not wrong. You were emphatic about killing us. No, you need to be, we should not be giving a dollar about taxpayers' money to any of those organizations. And if anybody suggests that they can be healed or fixed, they're the enemy to me because they can't be. Same thing with your public schools in this country. We should stop funding them. Because guess what? The teachers' unions have destroyed them. Our parents, these parents send their kids to these schools and they come back strangers in four years, three years, two years. So my position is that all of these places need to be closed down. And I think that we I wouldn't even be having a conversation about being a national if I didn't sit down and listen and really open up my mind to the corporation that we live in called America. And what this I, I mean, I've learned so much that I didn't know um, for the last two years. And I'm a better human being for it. I'm a better human being for it. And I, I thank you for bringing that up. So I can't wait to become a national. I, I, think I, I believe the exact same. I, I believe because of what's happened, it, it's not that I wasn't awake, but because I've gone so deep, I realize how many other things. And then I'm just, and even the EU, you didn't mention like the EU is the same. Like if you start investigating how that was created and who's running that as well. Oh, no, no, absolutely. It's all, all a small all of, screen. The World Health Organization, WEF, all of them. They're criminal organizations. They're hell-bent on, on enslaving all of us. And if you don't know that, I'm going to still pray for you. But the ones that do know, the ones that were 
giving that special thing when they were born, coming through their mother's womb into the light. And, you know, I always tell people, Martin had it. Mal I mean, so many great Americans stood up in challenging times. And that was because I believe God put something in them when they were born to fight against the tyranny of their time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you very much, Kevin. I'll pass you Thank off you to Jane. Right. And it's not that this tyranny is new. It's, no. it's just grown in power over the last two decades. And uh, I was mentioning that I had watched the movie Thrive by Procter Gamble. It's Thrive the movie, if anyone wants to find it on YouTube. And I was, I thought I should rewatch that because I think it had a lot to do with why I could see everything when this all started to happen. And he laid everything out. He laid out how we have the technology for free energy, how it's been confiscated, people have died in order to cover that up and why, right? And he goes into, you know, who rules the, the planet and follow the money. And it comes down to, you know, a number of, of families and how they control everything and infiltrated everything. And I, I just think it's a great way for anyone that needs to wake someone up to watch that movie because it just lays it out beautifully. And, you know, um, I want to mention that when Dr. Zelenko passed away, I, I cried. Like I was deeply saddened by his passing. And the reason I think was because he was so rock solid and he stood up for humanity in a way and spoke with such knowledge that I felt so sad in his passing. But in contemplation, I realized perhaps that was his, you know, the bigger scheme was for him to develop this foundation and right. really help humanity in a way that he couldn't have helped if he had stayed. And I just wondered if you could lay out for um, everyone who he was and what his plan is in this foundation well it's interesting he, he was a country doctor and, and this country doctor you know was starting to i mean first of all he's a great human being second of all he's a great doctor um and you know he was one of those people that were born for this time you know he is a person that sacrificed his life you know for this country and for this world and he open sourced a product called z stack and by the way we get 10 percent. the foundation gets 10 percent of all of the money that's um, made off of Z-Stack, we get 10% to keep the foundation sustainable. And he did that for us, by the way. He did that. He said, I'm not gonna just want you to open up and you know start this foundation, but I'm gonna make sure it's finance. I'm gonna make sure you have the ability to do all the things that we've agreed to do. And you know, and I guess the lifetime of the, the, the foundation, which will probably be around long before I'm, after I'm gone. So, but at the end of the day, he was a kind, passionate human being. But think about this country doctor for a second. That could have been, any, he could have just stayed in this little cube, taking care of his patients, healing their bodies. He said, you know what? I have to do something better than that. I have to come up with something to really help these people. I got to start putting something together called Z-Stack, you know, Z-Stack Detox that will start to help them during this COVID, you know, narrative, you know, this destructive thing that they're doing to the world. And he open sourced it. Goes to show what kind of guy this is. He said, oh, all of you can use it. Here it is. Here it is. And look how many people he saved. Look how many people that country doctor saved. So let me tell you about a country doctor and why I, I compare him to Martin Luther King. And people were like, wow, Kevin, I never realized that. Here's a man that could have done and been anything that he wanted to be. And he was a doctor and he was a 
very successful doctor. And he probably could have stayed in that little country um, office that he had and been fine. But God whispered in his ear. Same thing with Martin Luther King. He was a preacher. They wanted him to be a preacher at his dad's church, right? And he said, listen, you could go and teach at any university. But he heard God's call. He heard, he heard God's whisper. So they both stepped out on faith. They both broke the norms that people wanted to see them in. And they did so much incredible work to save the world and save humanity. And that's why I compare him. He's in, he's up there in that, that, you know, with those, in that monument with those guys, you know, those girls, you know. He's up there with them. You know, that's the Mount Rushmore of freedom, right? And he's up there with them. And that's why I love them. And I was very um, honored that he asked uh, me and Ann to do this and, and really take this out on the road. But the one thing he did say, well, I, and I'll never forget this. He said, I want you guys to spread the truth like a mantra. I was like, well, that's, 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 I hear it. And so Ann and I, every day, you know, we spread the truth like a mantra. So we got the Zelenko report now. You can go on and listen to real critical discussions right now. We're right now getting ready to launch the Zelenko Fellows in November on that stage at that event, our Black Tower Gala, where we're going to be giving out the Zelenko Freedom Award. We're going to be then showcasing our new fellows what, and, and telling people what they're going to be doing and raising money to make sure that they are going to be able to produce the things that we need to showcase that we have brilliant, dynamic, critically thinking young people on the planet working to save humanity. So, I mean, he was he was God's child, you know, and he listened to God and he got out there. And I thought I think he did some of the most important work and realizing through all of that, that he was going to die. I mean, he knew his time was up. I mean, what an amazing human being. So imagine him sacrificing with two small children and a wife and he has older children. He sacrificed his life for us. And that's why I compare him with Malcolm and Martin, those guys, because they were challenged at their time. They fought against the tyranny of their time. And I'm very, I was very honored to know that, you know, he loved life and loved humanity so much that he would risk his life. So that was a great example for me, you know, and for all, it should be a great example for all of us, actually. Yeah, what a beautiful human being, really. And, you know, I love the word whisper that you used. And I think we all need to listen to that whisper and how we can wake others up because the few is trying to control the many. We are the many. And we just need to do whatever we can to get the truth out and wake people up to the agenda of world domination, really. That's what it is. Well, I think that you, I think all of you have been doing that. We've been soldiers for God since the beginning of this. I got to tell you, I'm, I, I just think it's wonderful that so many people are stepping out, you know, and finding their God courage. I mean, all over the country. Uh, Jane, I want to tell you, all over the country, every, every part of this country, people are starting to ask questions now. And I hear it. Yeah. So that's why I'm so optimistic. People are like, wow, you're really optimistic. Two years ago, I might not have been. But now since I've traveled so much, I hear it. You know, I see the connection now. People are connecting with each other. They're turning off their TVs. They're seeking God's face. They're asking God for, you know, to find their God courage. I mean, it's just so much, so much good stuff going on. And I want people to realize that. You know, I know you read a lot of bad stuff. That's just to give you the right information but you have to pull something out of yourself to fight to save this planet and save humanity. 
Let's do it for our children if we don't do it for anybody else. Yeah, and listen to that whisper. I know I heard it when this all broke out. Bells and whistles went off. <laughs> time for action, time for action. Go, go, go. So thank you so much, Kevin. And that was my last question, just to ask what you have heard across the country and to give yeah. us some hope. Thank you so much. Well, Jane, I tell you, I, I don't have to do a Zogby poll. I did a real live poll. So when people send me polls, I bust out laughing. I say they don't have any idea what they're talking about. I don't even read polls. Since I traveled as much as I have and spoke to so many people, I can almost tell you what people are thinking. Yeah. Well, so much needs to just be blown up, right? Like you said, and start yeah, over straight up because, yeah, it's the only way. I'll pass you to Hartman. Thank you so much, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Pleasure How you doing, my friend? Good man. to see you again. Yeah, really, really cool. Um, Kevin, uh, the situation in which we are, I see the hope on the on the one side, and the interesting thing is on the other side they play. Let's say they play out all their cards right now, yeah. And uh, and I had a conversation with a professor for mathematics, and he said no country can survive two recessions, two recessions at all. And we had the first, we had the Corona uh, recession. And now we have the energy crisis. And um, and the question is concerning the energy crisis. Do you have any uh, any advice for the people? Because the problem is here we are talking about companies which increase the prices enormously. Yeah, I think in the USA it's the same already. Yeah, I want yes, to show you something. Let me check. Whether you can see this, yeah, the one pensioner shall pay two thousand two hundred sixty-eight euros per month for gas. Wow, in Germany, and and um, it, for me, it's very important what you do because uh, I got yesterday a very interesting um, information that the Corona measurements or the, the corona restrictions are only in three countries right now and this is usa uh, sorry sorry this is australia china and germany so china is the prototype of of the smart cities what we shall become yeah. and and i think germany and australia are the first stones which shall fall down so, well, uh, well, like I mean, in a demonstration, if if ten policemen take one demonstrator, the all the others they 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 get scared, and this is how it works right now, on the global aspect. China takes Germany, and China loves also Australia. And do you have and in in um, in USA the Chinese have a lot of power concerning the electrical grid as well. And. Do you have any suggestion or any advice how the people can get it done concerning um, this next crisis? Because Corona is gone more or less, and this is now a real crisis because the people will not know how to survive. Well, I, I think comment? that, I, I, and I know you know this, I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir, that all of this has been manufactured by the global tyrants to cause confusion in the world. And what better way to keep us in the fear and to tell us that every day something horrible is going to happen. You're not going to have any gas tomorrow. You're not going to have any food tomorrow. You're not going to have any toilet paper tomorrow. 
I mean, they've been playing playing a mind game on us for a long period of time, especially in the last two years. But on the on on the whole concept of energy, right now, this whole thing about green energy, it's a joke. It is a joke. And Germany now sees why it is a joke, right? So coal and and uh, uh, gasoline uh, and oil, all of that, you're saying you're going to just displace all of that and you're going to have a green economy. Well, guess what? You're in trouble now. Trump was right when he said you are going to be in trouble in the next couple of years because of your green policies. And America, even though they're talking about it, this was, a, this was just nothing but another transfer of wealth. Another transfer of wealth. You know, so all of a sudden, green energy, okay, then what green energy means? That means that you will never be able to have control over growing your own food. You won't be able to have control over raising your own animals. You won't have control over anything. They can control you in your car. They can control your bank accounts. They can control how you move. So if anybody actually believes in the green, uh, uh, the green, um, you know, that, that if we make the world, if we can make the world a better place, by green energy, well, they're absolutely foolish. All they got to do is look to Germany. Look to Germany. Germany is a prime example. And look at China. They're still using coal. So what are we talking about here in this country? This is nothing but another transfer of wealth. And I actually got to be—I got to tell you this. If you would have asked me this 15 years ago about the environment, I would have had a different response. Because I was brainwashed just like everyone else, even though I didn't really participate in it as much. But I would have given you a a bullcrap response. And so we have to save the planet. The planet's going to be okay. We're not going to be okay. The planet is going to be fine. We're the ones that are destroying it with all of these crazy ideas that, you know, oil and coal and all these things are not things that we need. And it, it impacts the um, our environment. You know what impacts our environment? All of those trillion dollar companies that are spilling waste and pu pushing um, poison in our, in our air and destroying our food. That's what should we, be, we should be dealing with. So at the yes, end of the day, and, and I mean, also the I education. Think, pardon me? The education, the people, the children are misled in the countries. For example, in Germany, uh, the children are so scared about the, the end of the road that they take drilling machines and make holes in the tires of the trucks. This is, um, so they are really like a small Rambos with drilling machines and going, because or they, 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 they put their hands um, with, uh, on the street so that you cannot remove them anymore and, the, and the, all the cars have to stop. And well, this me, is, you know, Germany... the, the education system, I think in the, in the United States, the same, that the green uh, revolution has to become right now and the, the, that the children are so affected by the education system concerning the green revolution. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, the, the green revolution is going to be the green destruction of our, our world if we keep listening to that. But here, here's the thing, Harmon. Isn't it interesting? Three years ago, we weren't having this conversation. They were telling the people that were, you know, they were calling them environment deniers, you know. Remember, they were calling them conspiracy theorists too, right? And now, look, look, everything that they've said has come true. They called us conspiracy theorists. You know, oh, these are conspiracy theorists. But, you know, my, my position has always been the greatest conspiracy is ignorance. So, you know, it's time for this country and it's time for this world to wake up and turn off their TVs. And I want you to, I want everybody to understand at home that every single thing you watch is programming you, programming you to hate yourself and destroy who you are as a human being. Everything you watch, 
I'm sorry, everything. So anything on mainstream media, it's a lie. Majority of the stuff that you hear on the radios, you know what truth is? Truth happened in this space here, us talking the way we are and having this conversation. This is what people are learning now. And you know what they wanted to do to you and do all of it? To censor us because we were speaking the truth. Think about Thank that. Thank you. Think about that. I mean, it's really incredible how many people like you and all of us are talking. Look how he look how God linked us all together in a, in a way. It's really interesting how we've all come together. Roy, Jane, you know, you, all of us, you know, we might not have ever seen each other in person, but we have a connection. And our connection is about life and freedom and liberty and family and faith. Right. And I mean, our tribe is probably one of the most incredible groups of people on the planet Earth. Yeah, there are, there are many people of us. Yeah. And yep. Uh, yep. many people also are waking up, also people who got the injections. They are waking right now because they understand the situation. And uh, also the, the people in the TV shows, they get shocked when they see what the politi politicians have to say. This yeah. is so in Germany we have here, uh, and I hope that this will also come to, to the US, that the people really understand the situation because the biggest problem is China, also for the United States. Well, I think China is going to play a geopolitical role. I think Russia is playing a geopolitical role. And anybody that thinks that the U Ukraine war is about democracy is quite naive. You know, that's a proxy war, you know, be between NATO in America against Russia. I got to tell you something. I think Putin, and, and I got to tell you this, I'm, I'm shocked, but Putin is the only adult in the room. I mean, I mean, if it wasn't for him, we'll be in trouble. So I have to give him credit. You know, I grew up, you know, analyzing geopolitics all my life. This has nothing to do with freedom or democracy. That's the, look, they have bastardized the word democracy now. I mean, when I hear democracy, I just turn off my ears. Boom. I'm like, I don't even want to hear it. You know, we have to save our democracy. Well, you didn't say that when you did all those horrible things in all those countries. You didn't say that when, when President Obama was droning people every day and killing all of these people. You didn't say that in Afghanistan. You didn't say that anywhere. You just went and murdered those people under the guise that it would preserve democracy. No, it was about greed and wealth and power. So what they're seeing now is an alignment that they never expected in their equation of destruction. All of us have come together and we're educating people around the world about what they need to be worried about, what they need to be looking at, and what they need to do to prepare themselves to fight against this tyranny for a long time, because this is going to go on for some time. Yes. In the sense of 60s, Oliver Stones in a, said in an interview very clearly that the United States of America has um, destroyed any sovereignty, uh, does not tolerate any sovereignty yeah. of any right. states since right. the 1960s. Yep, 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 yep. And this is, and also, of course, not the sovereignty of their own people. That's right. You're right. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you so much. It was a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you again. Kevin, one of the viewers wanted to know if you see anyone who could be like a unifier, like he gave an example, like Martin Luther King or Sam, you know. Well, I think we all individual unifies. This is the greatest thing about this. We've all taken leadership positions in our own way, and we're stepping up for God and family, faith and freedom and family. 
So I think, you know, we always used to look for that one person, but we have so many. It's so many of us. And that's why they can't knock us off, everyone, because it's just so many of us. And we come from different backgrounds. We come from different socioeconomic backgrounds. So any individual that steps out and says, listen, I'm going to fight against this tyranny and I'm going to tell the world the truth and I'm going to stand for what God, you know, um, um, gave us. We're all heroes and we're all people that, you know, are, are going to be remembered because we stood up for humanity and stood up for God. So I, I got to tell you, it's so many people out there now that are standing in the gap. You know, we are always used to looking for that one leader, but thank God we just don't have one leader because you know what they did when we had one leader? They assassinated all of them. So right now, if they knock me off, I just got they got 500 more of me, you know. They got, so I'm, we're in a very good place as far as leadership is concerned. And the person that asked that question, they're leaders too. You know, so we just have to take our rightful place and stand up for our families and stand up for this country and the rest of the world. And guess what? It's easy to do. Just do it because you know why? When we do it, you see what's happening now with Pfizer. You see what's happening with Moderna. You see what's happening with the CDC. You see what's happening to the FDA. They're saying, how did those people get in front of us on this? How did, how did they get in front of us on this? And we're only getting better every day. So, I mean, we're all heroes and we're all doing the right thing and we're all you know demonstrating our god courage and whoever that lovely person was guess what she's my leader or he's my leader thank you it's really interesting how god or source or whoever you call it made made it possible that we could be just as powerful as the creator That's and right. in our own little way from That's the magnificent right. downside and then we could bring up again That's and right. as you said all that god courage was not isolated or limited to only one person, but to That's all right. of us. And if we could claim that, and I, and so, um, is there any more uh, thing that pressing message that you want and reminding people again about the dates? And I know that I know there was a comment there about uh, David Steele, but when I, I I clarified with a person, he was actually referring to David Strait, and he he was happy that you are working or your nationals because as as uh, Roy was mentioning, I think a lot of people are slowly aggressively going into the right path of being unincorporated yeah. or being nationals and you know, all right. those terms that we need to claim back. <laughs> yeah. And you imagine imagine in the next couple of years you're gonna have millions of people. Millions of people doing that. I mean we're taking back our sovereignty that way. That's why I love it. And if it's done correctly, it's bulletproof. Bulletproof. They can't do anything about it because they know even in the court of law, they have to really say, you know what, they got us on this one. Now they're going to probably come back with, some, with something else. They're going to try to criminalize us. But, hey, that's on them. We're still going to win. We, we, and I don't like to use the word winning because it, it gives us this final date. No, we have to be diligent every day to make sure we fight every day and we have a deeper understanding every day of what they are attempting to do to us. I don't want anybody to believe that when they listen to these stories about, oh, we're winning, or we won this lawsuit. No, this is a long-term battle. This is just the beginning. And we have to toughen up. We have to be open up, open to new information. We have to be very, very vigilant. And we have to stay focused. This is not going anywhere. They're getting ready to ratchet it up. Anytime a president of the United States of America 
gets up and says that 75 percent, 75 million Americans are terrorists because they don't believe in giving their freedom away to the government or any other groups. That says that we got a long battle ahead of us. So please come and join us at the Zeninko Freedom Foundation, zfreedom.org. And please come and um, participate in our fundraiser on November the 12th. You're going to love it. You're going to, you have to be there. This is going to be the event of the year. And then if you are really, really, really want to have some good fun, you got to come on September the 29th and listen to some of the most powerful women in the world talk about who they are as human beings. So September the 29th here in Tampa, it's on our website. Go to ZelenkoFreedomFoundation.org and you can get tickets to both events and they're selling out quickly. Um, and these are serious events. And this is the stuff that we're going to be doing at the Zelenko Freedom Foundation. So thank you for allowing um, me to um, come on and have this conversation on the next Brave Generation. Thank you again. And uh, uh, in behalf of uh, everyone, Roy, Hartmut, Jane, and all our audience, an eternal reverence, joy, and gratitude for the unceasing love and mercy of the one source most divine. We thank you again and again from well, the bottom of our hearts. And yep. Go. Well, Grace, you know what, Grace? I love you. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> That's my best. I, I was I was so happy to see you a couple of years ago, a year ago, right? Or year yeah. when uh -huh. I actually saw you in person. Beautiful as ever. Everything you say on this show and everything, your all of your guests and all of your your co-interviewers, you guys are absolutely incredible. And then when I come on your shows, I'm like talking like at the coffee table with you guys. You know, <laughs> I, I I mean I hate to I, you know sometimes I get really even tired of my own self, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And um, to all the viewers, please don't forget, share, share, share. Okay. And do your part because, you know, so you've got to do some actions, good yeah. actions. Okay. All right. Thank, Thank you very you. much. And hey, Grace, you got to come down and visit me in Florida when you get some time. I will, for sure. Okay. Jane, Roy, Hartmut, and I will be there. Okay. Thank you. Take it easy, guys. Bye-bye.